Good morning, witches. This is the Witch Daily Show, coming to you from New Orleans, with host Tanya Brown. Our episodes span about 20 minutes long to give you just a little pop of magic. So, tune in, take a deep breath, and enjoy. Good morning. It is July 10th, 2023. It is Monday. I am Tanya, and this is the Witch Daily Show. Today's episode is brought to you by Witch Way Magazine. So let's get your day going with a little magic. Our quote of the day is, live the life of your dreams. Be brave enough to live the life of your dreams according to your vision and purpose instead of the expectations and opinions of others. Roy T. Bennett, The Light in the Heart. So what are we drinking today? We are drinking Sip of Spells Midsummer Tea. So a native fruit of South America, the dragon fruit brings its mouth-watering, refreshingly sweet flavor to our dragon fruit-themed um, tea. A member of the cactus family, this tropical fruit has an unparalleled essence that brings up into an exhilarating infusion. Highly recommended iced uh, because it is definitely a summertime drink. So... I uh, do believe this is a tea that works uh, with kind of magic and healing. So healing-wise, hibiscus, rose hips, rose petals, and orange can help wake your body up after a bout of illness. And magically revitalize your creativity with dragon's fruit fantastical energy and the brightness of summer fruits. So... In my personal opinion, I think this tea is ideal for the light half of the year. It has no caffeine. It's completely herbal and fruit. And you would steep it for about five to ten minutes. Now, uh, the complete list of ingredients are apple pieces, rose hips, hibiscus, lemon verbena, orange dragon fruit, pineapple pieces, strawberries, marigold, and rose petals. So today we're actually going to talk about pineapple. So this comes to us from elunblue.com. In Singapore, there is a fascinating tradition that Chinese people who reside there engage in called pineapple rolling. Newly minted homeowners, before first stepping onto their home, roll a pineapple into the house. As the pineapple rolls along the floor, they shout the phrase, To prosper. This is because pineapples are intimately tied to the energies that yield prosperity. The Chinese word for pineapple even hints at this association. To finalize the ritual, owners are not to consume the pineapple, but instead place it under a tree to encourage the continuation of their prosperity. This is one way to entice the winds of prosperity with pineapple, uh, but it's not the only way. You can also use pineapple dried um, in sachets, incenses, and things like that to draw wealth 
into the home and encourage financial gain. Likewise, once you've finished cutting your pineapple, you can turn the pineapple crown into a plant that attracts good fortune to your home. Love it. All right, so we have a news article. This comes to us from New York um, Jewish Week. So uh, JTA.org covered uh, this article about a museum exhibit, Jews and the Occult, Five Myth-Busting Insights from New York City Museum Exhibit. So if you take the Torah's word for it, not to mention generations of literature, astrology, witchcraft, ghost busting, and the like are expressly forbidden in Judaism and have no place in Jewish practice or culture. And yet, as the current exhibit at the Dr. Bernard Heller Museum at Hebrew Union College Jewish Institute of Religion highlights, the occult has always been an integral part of Judaism and continues to be. Quote, in every civilization, there's evidence of belief in superstition, mystical characters that can both protect and harm or rituals that can ward off evil. Jeannie Rosenthal uh, Saft, the museum's director, told New York Jewish Week, quote, it's just a fascinating thing and we want to investigate. For the exhibit, magical thinking, superstitions and other pers uh, persistent notions, Rosenthal and her uh, team put an open call to hundreds of contemporary Jewish artists for artwork exploring Jewish superstitions. The results showcases the work of more than 50 artists in a range of mediums, including oils, watercolors, acrylics, collage, uh, multimedia, etc. So basically, they were able to debunk five critical misconceptions about Jewish culture and the occult. The first is that the occult has no place in Judaism. Uh, one of Rosenstaff's favorite quotes from the 13th century Sefer uh, Shittism, an ethical and legal guide to Jewish daily life in medieval Germany, quote, one should not believe in superstitions, but still it is best to be heedful of them. In other words, just because the Torah prohibits belief and participation in the occult doesn't mean that you should look a gift golem in the mouth. Number two, Jewish superstitions are just old wives' tales. So old wives' tales uh, are a derogatory term for the carefully preserved and transmitted traditions of material culture of uh, women, and in this case, Jewish women. These customs and traditions preserved and transmitted from one generation to the next over a course of centuries are actually very significant. From this perspective, a hand-shaped Hamsa amulet could hold the same religious significance as a Kiddush cup or prayer book. Number three, if you have a tattoo, you can't be buried in, in a Jewish cemetery. Um, I'm not Jewish, but I have heard this from many uh, people I know who are Jewish. So while many are quick to dismiss the role of superstition in Jewish practice and tradition, the opposite can also occur. Sometimes a superstition becomes so embedded in Jewish culture and imagination that it's mistaken for fact. So the truth is, while the Torah does include um, something kind of against tattoos, it does not actually prevent Jewish people from being buried in their community. 
or with their community. So this was a really fascinating article that I really wanted to share because, um, one, it has to do with the occult, which is the subject of this podcast. But two, I just thought it was really fascinating that we are seeing um, kind of prominent figures in the Jewish community kind of challenge their, uh, you know, their religious beliefs and maybe look at it through a different lens. And I just think that's really fascinating. And I think if we can do that for all spiritualities, um, even the ones we hold maybe really, really close and dear and maybe question what we've been told to believe, uh, we can all maybe have a little bit more growth in our religion and spirituality. But I just thought this was really neat and really cool that um, they were like, you know what, let's challenge some of these uh, long held ideas. All right, witches, I'm going to throw this over to our moon correspondent. And after this break, we will talk more. Hello to all of my astro friends. This is Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, coming at you with your daily moon mantra for Monday, July 10th. The last quarter moon moves from the flames of Aries to the pastures of Taurus today. Here, the moon enters a T-square to the Sun, Mercury, and Pluto. This T-square is cardinal in nature, meaning that all of these planets are wrestling to be in charge. The moon wants us to take definitive action, while the Sun and Mercury want us to be sensitive in our motions. Pluto wants us to get serious and get our game faces on. It can be difficult to navigate these energies as they fight each other. The best way to move through the day is to find a way to integrate these disparate energies. While Pluto in Capricorn is brutally honest about our life direction, we need to make sure that we're kind to ourselves about where we are and what we have and have not accomplished so far. The moon in Aries can be quick to kick us into action, but use the compass provided by Pluto's position to know which way to go. Your daily moon mantra is, you have peace when you make it with yourself. This has been your daily moon mantra with Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, signing off and reminding you that you are in charge of your own destiny. Today's episode is brought to you by Which Way Magazine. Which Way is a monthly digital lifestyle magazine for the modern witch. With 70 to 100 pages of ad-free content every month, you can find inspiration and new perspectives to keep you and your magic constantly moving forward. You can learn more at whichwaymagazine.com. All right, we are back. So this week we are continuing on our January series of planning. So in January, we did a whole in-depth series on being more efficient with our time, not so that we can work more, so that we can have more downtime and more time to do the things that make us happy and joyful. And we included a lot of things for witchy planning, um, making rituals an important part of our routines and things of that nature. So someone did ask if I would be willing to do a follow-up and yeah, Let's do a little bit of a follow-up of things I've learned since then. So today we're actually going to talk about novelty. I think I touched on this back in January, but novelty is something that our brain really, really, really likes. 
while we tend to find comfort and stability in routine and structure, novelty is what lights up our brain. And those are often the experiences we'll remember, right? So let's say you go to a coffee shop every day and it is your favorite coffee shop, bar none. It has the best pastries, the best coffee, you know, the baristas, maybe they give you a little bit of a neighbor discount and it is just the best thing in the world, but you go every day. And then all of a sudden a friend goes, Hey, would you want to go to this coffee shop across the street? It's pretty or across the street, across town. It's very different. Um, but let's go try it out. And you go. You go and eh, maybe they don't have the cheese Danish you like and, ooh, you know, the coffee was kind of cold and it was a little pricier than what you're used to, but you went and you spent time with your friend and it was a good time. Odds are your brain is going to interpret the second coffee shop experience as more exciting and enjoyable than maybe the one you go to every day, even if it is, in your opinion, a much better experience. And the reason for this is because our brain just really loves novelty. We like new things. You are more likely to remember that one-off coffee shop trip than a single trip you take normally every day to the coffee shop you prefer. So what does this tell us, right? Well, this can tell us that it can be kind of beneficial to work novelty into our life. Um, And I'm going to talk about it on a more practical level, and then I'll talk about it in a more magical way. So there are definitely ways we can do this. And one tip I heard that I really enjoyed was to plan into each month. So before each month begins, so we can think about August, right? We're in July now. Let's think about August. Plan three new activities. So one of those activities could be a new restaurant. Let's say you live somewhere that has a lot of restaurants, or maybe you live one town over from a place that has a lot of restaurants or cafes or diners. Once a month, make an effort to try a new one. I did that last month. I tried a restaurant I had, I've maybe driven by a thousand times. I always noticed it and went, huh, that looks interesting. But because no one I knew ever wanted to go there or ever commented on it, I just kind of assumed it wasn't all that great. But um, I had a guest in town, actually one of our podcast listeners, and I was like, you know what, let's do something new together, something that's brand new to both of us so that we're both having this experience together. And we decided to go, and it was actually an incredible experience. It was fun and interesting, and the food was fantastic, and it was probably one of the best times I've had. And now I think it's probably one of my favorite restaurants in the city. And I've lived here for five years. So uh, I like to do the category of restaurants. Second category, because I like movies and kind of going to the movie theater has really become kind of this novel novel idea. uh, I want to go to the movie theater once a month. Just go see a matinee for $12, get a bag of popcorn and just enjoy and just watch something, just something. I enjoy movies, so I always will find something I like. 
And then my third thing is to do some sort of learning activity. So uh, one was I went to a museum. That was one for, I think, back in May. Or no, couldn't have been May, March. And then uh, I planned an activity where I signed up for a perfume making class. You know, so just finding little things that are just brand new every month. It's going to make your life feel fuller and more adventurous, even if you're not doing anything that is too different than what you already do. And it's already kind of in the wheelhouse of things you like. It's still different. And our brains remember that and view it as a pleasant experience. So that's just really going to help you feel more balanced Um, if you struggle often with feeling stuck. Um, If you're a parent and you really struggle to find time for yourself, doing things that are novel and things that are new can really help with that balance. Now, uh, how can we take this idea and incorporate it into our magical practice? Well, um, I actually talked about this, I think, a week or two ago, and this is kind of an a, a response to a question about feeling magically stuck, right? So we have a listener and maybe they're feeling magically stuck. How can we incorporate this idea of novelty into our magical practice? And well, I've already said it, you've already heard it, but try something you wrote off a long time ago. Maybe you decided in your first year of witchy exploration that, oof, you know, crystals just aren't my jam. Crystals just are not for me. Well, now it's like 10, 15, 20 years later. What if you just tried to make a crystal grid? Maybe go to the uh, local rock shop and get like, you know, the cheapest little satchel you can find of crystals and rocks and Kind of look at them and look them up and find their properties and do something with them. Make a little grid or make a lithomancy divination set. You know, uh, we can use novelty to revitalize our magic and to feel that spark again. So that's my recommendation. Uh, We can also use novelty in our magic by trying different flavors of ritual. Uh, For me personally, I've been a witch for 20-ish years, and I have really boiled down my rituals to just what works for me. And for me personally, it's very internalized. It's a lot of sitting and quiet and uh, being within my head and my mind. And it's a lot of more cerebral, internal spiritual uh, activity. And not very physical. Uh, I I just never really was drawn to that. However, uh, find a book that is maybe really different than what you normally do from the library or your friend's bookshelf or maybe your own bookshelf and um, do a spell or ritual that's just a whole different flavor of your own. I recently did a ritual that was very physical. There was a lot of touching things and moving, and that just wasn't what I was used to. And while it's still not my preferred method, it was really fun, and I really did get a spark out of it. So we can use novelty in our magic by 
trying new things, things we maybe have previously written off, things that are just a different vibe than what we usually do, and see if that doesn't pull you out of your slump. See if that doesn't revitalize your power. And if anything, it's novel, so it's going to be a good memory regardless. So that is my uh, recommendations today for how we can use novelty to not only make our lives a little bit more fun, but make our magic a little bit more interesting. All right, witches, I am wrapping up this episode of the Witch Daily Show. I want to give a shout out to listener Lilith. Lilith, you spiffy, dapper garden nymph. Christina Gerritsen, you scintillating, bedazzled sunflower. Molly Higgins, you glowing, dreamlike, a newborn baby. And Elise, you sophisticated, glowing pixie. Thank you for so much for being Patreon supporters. I really, really appreciate it. And before we leave today, we do have a card poll. Our card is the Seven of Pentacles from the Buffy Tarot. Between managing her family, saving the world, and paying the bills, it can be hard for Buffy to find time to make her goals aligned with her actions. The Seven of Pentacles interrupts your regularly scheduled program to suggest you make a little time for guidance counseling. Are your efforts bringing you closer to long-term objectives? Are you putting your energy into the right things? If not, kick the attention suckers to the curb and reclaim your time. All right, witches, that's all I've got for you today. Don't forget any books, decks, headlines, sources, anything we reference today can be found in the podcast episode description or witchpod.com. And we will talk again tomorrow. Witches, we hope you have a wonderful day full of joy and gentleness and confidence. Links for this week's episodes, our website, Patreon, along with a free daily card pull can be found at witchpod.com. One stop for everything we talk about. Now, take one more deep breath and have a great day.